Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. Our final podcast for the year of 2023. On the cusp of 2024. And oh, what do you wish for? We are all wishing... this moment for a peacefulness that seems so elusive we despair at times will we ever reach it will souls be able to live side by side in the Middle East without worry that they'll be attacked with a sense of safety, even a joy about life. Well, I can assure you there is a belief that that day will come, and yet history and a year like 2023 come along, and they challenge us, and they shake our faith, and our hopes and our dreams and our beliefs and yet we dig deep and deep and deeper to find the ability we have to pick ourselves up to put our pieces back together to stand for something Abraham Joshua Heschel said to be is to stand for to be, to be alive in this world, to, to exist, is to stand for. And if you're not standing for anything, then what is your existence about? So the concept of purpose is very much in mind at the end of 2023 because we've been faced with a lot of things between strikes in the industry and, and between struggles with homelessness, with the shock of attacks on October 7th, the uh, loss of life and and the horror of that day and uh, the resulting uh, war that has followed and the loss of life. The need for justice and at the same time the need for safety has never been stronger. And more important. And so we look at this year that has passed and we ask ourselves, how can we go forth? Where do we find our purpose? How do we take a stand? How do we reinvest what we stand for? Well, Poet, novelist, and environmentalist Wendell Berry, who lives in Port Royal, Kentucky, he has maintained a farm for over 40 years. And mistrustful of technology, he's a defender of agrarian values. He's the, uh, the author of over 50 books of poetry and fiction and essays. And in these works, he celebrates the holiness of life. 
everyday miracles often taken for granted. So I I paid attention as I'm looking to reinvigorate my own belief system and my own energies. I have much that I deeply care about, and I'm sure you do too. Once in a while, we need to go to the places where we can sit with that and tap that resilience. And one of the places he talks about is in a wild place. He calls it the peace of wild things. When despair for the world grows in me, And I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be. I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. I'm so struck by his words. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. They're not overwhelmed with grief, which many of us have been feeling this year and feel right now. But they come into the peace of wild things. How do we come into the peace of wild things? We are in need of it. And yet, there is a resolve that we embody, that we contain. I I think of moments like this. I think a great deal of Israel in the Middle East. I think a great deal of the way it's impacting the world. I think about people on college campuses, both in America and elsewhere, all over the world. I think of events I've seen in Australia in the past few months. I think of... Um, you know, hateful acts uh, on the streets of New York and London, Paris. I think of Ukraine and all that they are enduring. I hear that a Russian plane flew over into Poland's airspace. And it brings back memories, of course, of planes flying over Poland and soldiers fighting the Ukraine and in the Middle East. And suddenly I'm brought back to a story about a woman I met when I lived in Israel. Uh, Her name was Hannah. Came from Czechoslovakia. During World War II, war came to her door. And she was a practicing Jewish lady. The Nazis took away her husband and one of her sons. 
and she never saw them again. She slowly lost faith in everything, but did her best to care for her other son. When the war was over and her son had come of age, there was a country forming in the Middle East. Well, reforming, it had been there thousands of years earlier. And he went to fight for the fledgling state of Israel, which was emerging from the ashes of the Holocaust and an historical tie to that land going back at a minimum of 3,000 years when archaeology dates the age of King David. And I had seen parts of King David's city in archaeological walks in, in Jerusalem. That's when King David, in roughly 1000 BC, established Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And that followed events with Moses, and before that, according to the stories of Abraham and Sarah, and of course, the creation of um, Judaism, which would later, um, 2,000 years, give uh, emerge with others in in the Middle East, and there would form a new religion, Christianity, which had roots in Judaism, and then some 600 years after that, Islam uh, would appear. So here is Hannah, who has lost her husband and son to the Nazis, later nearly starves to death and trying to care for her son, um, and there's not much in that village, but she manages, and then her son goes off. She meets a widower, and they decide to move to America. She comes to America, lives in Cleveland, only to find out that her remaining son has fallen in the War of Independence in Israel. So now she's lost her first husband, her, both her sons, and she's with her. She's newly married. She goes about building her life. She said, she told me I lost all my faith in God of any kind. But I lived and built a life in Cleveland. And eventually, towards the end of our lives towards the end of my husband's life he wanted to see Israel and so what we chose to do was to board a boat to go visit Israel um, I don't know what the story was with airplanes but they decided to take a cruise and en route to Israel he died on that boat he died on the cruise ship and so she brought him to Jerusalem and buried him there and decided to stay and build her life. And when I met her, she was an old woman, an older woman. And she was working in a hospital there for children. And she said, you know, I don't know that I ever regained my faith, but I had my people. And that has given me strength. So we search for community. And she, Hannah, blessed me with community. She became a, a dear friend. And 
it was quite something to work alongside her, to see a woman who'd seen the worst that humanity has to offer anyone and still finds a way to be connected and to be of service. So I look at us now at the end of this year and I wonder, how can we be of service to one another as a community as Hannah was? To find the resilience she found, to find a belief, to be, to stand for something. And with that purpose, face this new year and renew our hopes and dreams for what we truly wish to come to pass in this world and the ways in which we can support one another. And part of that is getting in touch with the poet in each of us. I think Wendell Berry, who wrote that beautiful poem, The Peace of Wild Things, gives us something to think about. He tells us and reminds himself, he says, how to be a poet. And so I end the year with this poem. Make a place to sit down. Sit down, be quiet. You must depend upon affection, reading, knowledge, skill, more of each than you have, inspiration, work, growing older, patience, for patience joins time to eternity. Any readers who like your poems doubt their judgment. (laughs) Breathe with unconditional breath, the unconditioned air. Shun electric wire. Communicate slowly. Live a three-dimensional life. Stay away from screens. Stay away from anything that obscures the place it is in. There are no unsacred places. There are only sacred places and desecrated places. There are no unsacred places. There are only sacred places and desecrated places. Accept what comes from silence. Make the best you can of it. Of the little words that come out of the silence, like prayers prayed back to the one who prays, make a poem that does not disturb the silence from which it came. I hope for that kind of poem inside of each of us, a poem that does not disturb the silence from which it came and yet reverberates within us to greet a new year, a blank canvas, blank, white, full of possibilities. Here's to you. Until next week in the new year, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is all that matters.